is up everyone? I hope you're doing fantastically well today. This is Rafael Garcia here by myself for episode 183 of the MMA Ratings Podcast. My partner, Shawan Humes, is out actually being the great brand ambassador that he is. He's on another show today that we will promote once it comes out, but he's there talking about MMA, shouting us out. So I'm going alone today venturing into the wilderness of speaking about mixed martial arts on my own. Thankfully, though, I have quite a bit to talk about because this weekend was pretty action-packed. We will be covering Khabib Nurmagomedov, obviously his big win on Saturday, and we will be talking about not only that match, but whether or not he was sitting at the top of the GOAT conversation. We're going to talk extensively about that as well, too what's next for the lightweight division and also this Friday's main event where Anderson Silva is fighting his retirement fight and I'm saying that in air quotes because there's a caveat around that that I want to discuss but before we do let's talk about where you can find this podcast and as always you can check us out first and foremost over on the flagship which is MMARatings.net if you take MMARatings.net put it in Instagram and Twitter you can find our social media accounts you can check out this podcast over at YouTube um, where else you can check us out YouTube you can check us out on Spotify Anchor Google Podcasts and Apple iTunes we're in all those spaces so check us out there and as always, you can catch me at rgarcia underscore sports, and you can catch Shawan Hume over at Black Jordan Breen. So that covers everywhere you can find us. And yeah, I appreciate everyone who takes the time to check out this show. We really have been having quite the boom as of late. We're still small, but the fact that our subscription numbers have grown past our goal for this year. Uh, we're kind of we're definitely blowing that number away. A, a lot of that is good. Is a lot of that is is due to Schwann's great work promoting our content, and our viewership numbers have exploded as well for each each weekly show that we're doing. So I thank you all for taking the time to support our content. So as always, please be sure to check us out. Give us a like. Give us a subscribe. Share our content as well too. Um, it's what makes us, what helps us grow and is what really help, is helping us growing for these last couple of months. So let's go ahead and jump into some of the conversation items we have for today, starting with UFC 254 first and foremost. So as everyone knows now, Khabib Nurmagomedov picked up his 29th win, submitting Justin Gaethje in the second round of their lightweight main event, securing himself a continued undefeated record and he then retired in the middle of the cage so before we talk about the retirement let's talk about the fight itself and it's interesting because I'm reading that a lot of people had Gaethje winning the fight up to the end they gave him the first round 10-9 and you know I could see that because he was definitely cracking uh Nemargo made off with those leg kicks and he was forcing the heavy the heavyweight the lightweight champion to fight more of a fight that's along those lines and even though Nurmagomedov made off finished in the position to start working on the arm bar I wasn't sure if he was going for the arm crush there at all but 
before that, you know, for majority of that fight, Gaethje was doing the most damage, landing those static leg leg kicks, and they were really bothering Michael Madoff. So that was a good sound strategy by the Trevor Whitman led corner. Unfortunately, they just could not keep it up because the minute the fight hit the ground, even in the first round, you saw that Nurmagomedov Madoff was immediately passing, and he and it wasn't like he was striking, using grounded pounds to open up the pass. It was just straight, I'm going to cut through your guard and I'm going to go to the positions that I want to go to. And there was nothing that Justin could do about that. And that's really what stood out to me perhaps the most about this fight was that it was take you down, pass your guard, get to get to mount, submit. One, two, three, four. Every single time. And that kind of reminds me of the instructions that I always used to get when I first started training that you get to take down pass the guard, submit, that's it, that's all you're focusing on, nothing fancy, then nothing fancy at all, just one, two, three, one after the other, and Khabib Nurmagomedov did that with extreme efficiency on Saturday, both times, even in the second round, the second that Justin fired off that second leg kick, I believe, took him right down to the ground, and if you notice, Justin tried to sprawl, he did a great job of sprawling, but the angle that could be cut, and he cut it so quickly, allowed him to get right to the back. Right to the back, Justin tried to turn over, right them out, and he secured the armbar first. When he rolled off, he went to the triangle, and Justin tried to slam. He did the perfect, he did the perfect thing, underhooked the leg, took the drop, and finished the tap. I don't know why the ref gave Justin so much of a chance to fight in that situation. He tapped like three different times before going out. And, I mean, you know, you give guys more room to fight in, in, in title bouts, but that was just a little bit too much room because Justin was clearly, clearly tapping uh, even before he rolled over to a slide and went out. So with this submission victory, he becomes the first champion to win, to defend his title with three straight uh, submissions. I mean, he, like he, the accolades just keep piling up. I think he's only ever lost two rounds in the UFC. I don't know if he lost any to Gleason Tebow, but he lost one, hypothetically one, to Justin Gaethje, and he lost one to Conor McGregor. I don't know if he lost any to Gleason Tebow. Let me pop that open. No, because he had a unanimous decision of victory. So, yeah, there, there, there's that. But he then turns, you know, he's talking to John Ennick and makes it clear that he's retiring in the cage you know, everyone knows the story of his father passing a few months ago due to complications of COVID-19. And he talks about how he promised his mother that he would no longer continue doing this without his father around. And that was that. And we talk about guys retiring all the time. We're going to talk about Anderson Silva in a moment. But Khabib's retirement feels different. It, everyone, everyone had much had a much more solemn feeling on Saturday after the fight. Whether it was his breaking down in tears the minute that he won, or you could see the pain in him as he spoke about it, to Anik, this feels more real than anyone else who has retired that I can remember in the cage. When you have... You know, I'm thinking back to like maybe BJ Penn's retirement or 
Alexander Gustafsson's retirement or Daniel Cormier's retirement. They didn't feel indefinite. They, they didn't feel definite. Like there's always that maybe that door will open back up. This one feels like it's shut. Like it's gone and shut. If he promises mom he's not going to fight again, Khabib's not going to fight again. And now we're in a situation where that lightweight division is vacant, and we're going to be we're going to talk about the question around booking a tournament. What happens next? We're going to talk about that during our question and answer segment because that's the question we came in today. But we got to really have a conversation about Khabib's legacy. And what's most interesting to me is how will he be remembered? You hear people or you read about people talking about Khabib's legacy, and yeah. You know, he's one of the greatest fighters of all time. He's the greatest lightweight champion, lightweight fighter of all time. We're going to talk about the greatest of all time and that what my list looks like. But I've been thinking about what the ramifications of some of his connections outside of the cage matter to his career. Because remember, Khabib has said some questionable things. He's aligned himself with some questionable people outside of the cage. And you wonder how much of a asterisk does that put on his legacy. Kareem Zidane over at Bloody Elbow is the only person to write about this I've seen so far. I don't think I'm going to tackle this conversation at all. You know, this is my platform to talk about it, so I'm going to talk about it here. But I wonder what that will really look like because I think that that's something that needs to be talked about. It may not be talked about often. It may not be talked about extensively, but I think that that's something that needs to be talked about. And it's important because it's an important part of Namaga Madoff's legacy. It's an important part of who he is as a fighter. It's an important part of not necessarily who he, how he fought in the cage and how well he performed in the cage, but it's still an important part of the conversation that I think deserves some conversations because it tarnishes him in my in my opinion it tarnishes him just enough that it needs to be brought up so i think that that's going to be something worth talking about and as i said we're going to talk about what's next for the lightweight division in a second then we had the co-main event where robert whitaker picked up a unanimous decision victory over jared cannonier this is a good fight as well, too. This is another fight I was looking forward to. I was expecting Cannoneer to blow the doors off of Robert Whitaker. Yes, I am one of those people who wrote off Robert Whitaker earlier than I should have. The reason being was because Whitaker always gets hurt. He always gets hurt. And the thing about that is Cannoneer is not the guy you want to get hurt fighting. He's shown that he has the type of power that will separate you from your consciousness if you fuck around and get caught. We saw Whitaker get caught in the third round, and he kind of had to go back to wrestle fucking um, Cannoneer real quick to kind of get his bearings about him and let the time run out. Whitaker could have blew him up in that in that spot, but he wasn't. And you know his strategy wasn't the right one for this fight because we know that Whitaker in a five round fight you can chop at Whitaker's legs and kind of maybe slow him down. In a three round fight, he's going to do enough to win two with movement and striking that was going to make this a difficult situation for um, for Jared Cannonier. And I think that that's where they kind of messed up on their, uh, on their game plan. 
So Whitaker gets the decision victory. You got to wonder what's next for him. It's funny because he is very honest. And there was an interview that I saw today about him not being keen on the idea of fighting Israel Adesanya again. If you live under a rock, you know, Adesanya blew his doors off of him, finishing him in the second round, I believe, dropping him in the first. And I don't blame him. I don't blame him being skeptical about taking that fight immediately at this point in time because you don't know what that's going to look like for him. He said he would do it a little bit differently, but how much differently can he do that fight at this point in time? I saw an interesting suggestion that I would be down to see of a Whitaker versus Paulo Costa fight. Sign me up for that. I think that would be great. I don't know. Man, with the way Costa fought his last one, I don't know what that looks like, but I definitely do uh, want to see that fight because that would be something I would be down to definitely view. Uh, what else stood out from UFC 254? We had Alexander Volkov stopping Watt Harris. And yeah, I get it. You know, people are, people want to see Watt Harris succeed. This is a, actually one year to, to almost around the day that his, his, his daughter, stepdaughter, whatever you want to call it, went missing. And it's unfortunate to see that. But yeah, he took another loss. And I just don't think Whitaker is, is in that upper echelon of the heavyweight. Division. I don't know if Volkov is either, but he's getting enough wins that he can remain in the conversation because that division, I mean, they've had two title defenses in two years. Something needs to happen in that group. We know Francis Ngannou is number one at getting a shot. Curtis Blaze is up there, but Volkov isn't far behind, and this win helps keep keeps him relevant in that division at this point in time. So let's talk about Saturday's card. UFC Fight Night 181. At the top of this card is Uriah Hall versus Anderson Silva. This is clearly the type of fight that they've wanted to make for a long time. Ever since Dana White called Uriah Hall basically the second coming of Anderson Silva back on tough. And I get it. You know, they want to see some type of strikers delight on Saturday. They'll probably get something along those lines. I think Anderson Silva is going to win mainly because he'll be more active than Uriah Hall. He can be a little bit more offensive. Uriah is more of a counter striker. And it looks pretty when he does it. But when he lets his hands go, he can be a violent counter-striker. I just don't know if he's going to be able to let his hands go. This isn't going to, he's not as good of a striker as Israel Adesanya is. And I don't think he'll be able to outpoint Anderson Silva the same way Israel did. So I'm picking Silva to win, and I'm picking him to win a unanimous decision. It'll be a close one, though, because um, I don't wonder what his gas sneak looks like at his age across five rounds. But my question is, is this really a retirement fight? I was reading when this fight was announced that I think Anderson Silva has two fights left on his contract. So what this seems like, is this the, U this is the UFC telling him, this is the last fight we will book you in. We still have your contract, so you can't do anything else. He can't perhaps go do boxing with Roy Jones. Now you see this kind of celebrity boxing circuit kind of growing. You know, you have the Mike Tyson, Roy Jones fight coming up next month. You have Logan and Jake Paul doing all of their celebrity events and gaining traction there. And now it's, it's, Anderson Silva's quote-unquote retirement fight coming up, and you know he has 
some cache in that space. Let's say they want to do a Roy Jones Anderson Silver boxing match that they've always wanted to do. You know that they could pull that off. They were, they, and someone would be willing to pay for that. Throw that on a Jake Paul, Logan Paul boxing card. And you have value there. The UFC wants their cut of that. So that's why they're having him retire. And, and no one can see me because I'm doing the air quotes thing here. And they're having him retire in this fight while they still have two fights left on their contract. I think it's at least one to two fights. And that's really sad that that's, this is one of the greatest fighters of all time, another one on that list. And this is the way his career is going to end, basically because the UFC is saying, we're not going to book you again. And that sucks. That really sucks. Because they, they are going to do this to him, and they're going to do this to anyone else they want. And it's unfortunate that this is what these guys have to go to through, but this is the this is the game that they play with no association and signing these ridiculous contracts that they have to sign. I'm working this fight for fight metric and um I'm working this fight for fight metric, so that's why I'm watching. But I am really, you know, not concerned, but it's just unfortunate that we have to see Anderson Silva retire this way. But like I said, I expect Silva to win via decision. Bryce Mitchell is fighting Andre Philly. This is an interesting fight as well, too. And, you know, as much as I am not a fan of these right-wing MAGA fighters, um, you know, Bryce Mitchell being probably one of the louder of that contingent, well, he was. He's not as loud as he once was. I don't I don't follow him on social media. I've basically silenced all that shit. But, you know, he is he is in that in that space, but that's neither here nor there. Um, that's neither here nor there. But he is fighting Andre Feely. And we are um, looking at what should be an intriguing fight. I expect Mitchell to win. I think he will submit Andre Feely. And he's an interesting prospect at 145. Like I said, I just hate his politics. But, you know, I can kind of maybe kind of separate the two. I pause as I say that, you know, with the with the rock with the rocks people eyebrow up in the air right now. But, you know, I'm, I I can still appreciate a good fight. What else stands out on his card? Um Anthony what's his name? Kevin Holland is fighting as well too. He's someone I enjoy fighting or enjoy watching. Uh there's a lot of there's there's a lot of interesting fights on this card for on this card for Saturday. It's another one of those joints where it's floating under the radar. But there's probably going to be some good action going on. So if you're not doing anything on Saturday, sit down and check out this event. Now we're going to move into probably the more interesting conversation piece. Because um, let's, let's, let's turn into the, probably the more interesting conversation topic that you have for this week and who is the greatest of all time so this all started because of top the, the talk about where could be Namargo Madoff sits on the list of the greatest of all time you had John Jones going on his rant you've had every single MMA podcast of the last week talking about this and 
everyone and their mom are having conversations about who is the top five, why Khabib has a has a stake in the conversation, who isn't in, who isn't in uh, the debate, and I get it. What sucks about this is a this is all opinion. There's no fact around someone being the greatest of all time because there's always going to be a debate about it. Majority of people think Michael Jordan's the greatest of all time, and people still argue about that. How I look at it, Khabib Nurmagomedov is on my list of top five fighters, and I'm going to name them right now. These are the top five fighters, in my opinion. John Jones, Demetrius Johnson, George St. Pierre, Khabib Nurmagomedov, Amanda Nunez. People are going to chew me up for that. I don't care if Shawan Humes was, was on the show right now. I'm sure he has something to say about it. And again, I don't care. This is my list. This is my list, and that's the, that's the point about these conversations about the greatest of all time because it's your list. You can decide who's on it, and you can decide who's not on it. But there are some things that I think we should take into consideration when we have these conversations. So for me, there are things, like I said, there are things that, are important to me. Obviously, titles. Who did you beat? Um, consistent appearances, consistent performances. So, that, for example, you can't be out for years on end. Um, those are the things that stand out most to me. That's why individuals like Demetrius Johnson and Amanda Nunez are on my list because they stay active. And they beat everyone who's in front of them. I know people want to, people will take away from DJ, for example. Oh, he didn't have a super tough division. Okay, but he fought everyone that was in front of him. If you look at the people that, that Khabib Nurmagomedov has beaten, yeah, his last three wins are impressive. Uh, Conor McGregor, Justin Gaethje. Dustin Poirier, he has a solid win over Rafael Dos Anjos. The Edson Barbosa win. But look at the rest of his roster. It doesn't compare, in my opinion, to a John Jones, who has, he's cleaned out his division twice. And he did it in a time where 205 was the most stacked division. And he's done it at a time where it's probably not the greatest division and I and I understand again he's one who's had time off because of his um suspension issues I mean in 2016 he fought well I mean the hell with that he fought once in 2014 once in 2015 once in 2016 once in 2017 once in 2018 twice in 2019 and just once this year and doesn't look like he's going to fight again this year so yeah I get why people are first of that that inactivity, why that stands out. That's why he wouldn't be as high on the list, in, in my opinion. But there are things that we have to talk about when, um, when having these conversations about who is the greatest of all time. It's such an intriguing aspect of sports debate that I think will never really go away. But it's something that I need people to not get so fired up over. Like the way, like John Jones and his social media tirades the last couple of days since the fight on Saturday. 
is stupid to me. Like, dude, don't you got something else to be doing? Shouldn't you be training? Shouldn't you be preparing for a move up to heavyweight? Because you, you're looking real dumb right now. You're looking like a real prima donna right now, and that's just not fantastic. Something else in this conversation that I think is always important to say is that the denigration that comes with uh, with looking at a fighter's record and, and tearing it down, that's also going to come. It's going to come for Khabib. It's going to come for John. It's going to come from DJ. It's going to come from Romanda. It's going to come from for everybody. And when I say it's going to come for everybody, I'll use Fedor as an example. Fedor went on a 10-year run. He was, I think it was almost 10 years. And anytime anyone had a debate about the greatest fighter of all time, you would be ripped apart if you left Fedor off your list. Now, that's not even the case anymore. Because people look at his list and they're like, oh, well, he didn't fight in the UFC's heavyweight division. So it's not as valuable as, say, a Cain Velasquez or a Stephen Miocic. It's not as valuable as what they've done, or it's not as valuable as what Khabib's done as a lightweight, what GSP did as a welterweight. And there was a time where that wouldn't be the conversation at all. It wouldn't, because it's Fedor. How the fuck could you not have Fedor on your list? That's not the case so, so much anymore, because people are always going to look back at it in a retrospective type of way. The same, like they do the same thing with, I'm going to use basketball again. When you look at something like a Michael Jordan, they say, oh, well, he wouldn't have the numbers that he had back then if he played in today's league. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a totally different space. It's, it's, it's a different game. It's a different type of athlete. So the tearing down of someone's accolades in retrospect, we got to kind of stop that. Um, I think it's going to be fun having this conversation. I actually just wrote about this in a piece that went up on uh, MMARatings.net earlier today about Khabib's legacy. So there's going to be a point in having that conversation as well. Um, but it, this is this shouldn't be as difficult of a conversation as we had as we as it has been game played out to be because there are no fucking rules around it. My list is going to be different from Sean's. It's going to be different from Adam Martin's list. It's going to be different from Michael Ford's list. It's going to be different from everyone's list because it's my list. Period. I mean, yeah, everyone's entitled to having, having a, an opinion. You can have some wrong ones too, but you know, this is this it is what it is. The last topic I want to talk about tonight on today's 30-minute show, you know, if Sean was here, we'd be going an hour and 30, which is great. I love having him on. Um, that's my dude. But I want to talk about the lightweight division and what to do next with this group now that the title is vacant. So we have we have a belt without any champion. We we have one fight that's close to be, being booked and uh, six other guys, in my opinion, who are on on the bubble to steal a title, to steal a phrase from other professional sports. I think they won't do it. I'm going to go ahead and caveat and say this. There's no way in hell the UFC does this. But I think that the UFC should do a tournament. You have Justin Gaethje, Dustin Poirier, Tony Ferguson, Conor McGregor, Dan Hooker, Charles Oliveira, Paul Felder, and one other guy, Michael Chandler. 
eight men right there that are that should be that I, I can't even fathom what those four fights would be like but I want to see them I was joking around today on Twitter I, I mentioned it earlier on, on the weekend but I was joking around on Twitter with Phil Murphy who works up at ESPN still the intern but uh, Phil Murphy who everyone probably knows if you watch ESPN uh, for MMA coverage he responded to me and he was like yo he already has it figured out in January you have you have uh, Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier that fight's already kind of booked book that Charles Oliveira and Paul Felder give me all of that that's a rematch though so I'm not quite sure if I want to see that rematch but okay let's do it you have Dan Hooker and Justin Gaethje then you have Tony Ferguson and Michael Chandler. That's his recommendation. I will switch it up a little bit. I will keep the Michael Poor, uh, the Mike, uh, goodness, the Dustin Poirier, Conor McGregor fight. I will keep the. I actually kind of want to switch it. I want to do Justin Gaethje versus Michael Chandler. Get that World Series of Fighting versus Bellator game game plan going there. I would do Tony Ferguson versus Paul Felder, and then Charles Oliveira versus Dan Hooker. That's the group I would do, and then. For the, then the next round, let's say you would have Oliveira facing either Poirier or McGregor, or you know, like the winner, the winner of those two bouts fighting, and then the winner of either Gaethje and Chandler and Ferguson and um, Felder moving on. Trying to stay away from rematches, but there's there's like one that may happen in there. The timeline for this, okay, so I will put all these fights on the same card, in my opinion. And then you have an alternate, you have you you sign up two alternates, pay them their money for making weight on time, but you find two alternates, maybe a Kevin Lee and maybe like a Benil Darius. Benil Darius has been on a fucking run. Ally Quinta, he I think is coming off of two losses, and Diego Ferreira is hurt. So Kevin Lee and and Benil Dariush, put them in there as a as backup fighters. Book this shit and take my money. The UFC won't do it. It's unfortunate that they don't they they don't get imaginative sometimes in their booking. Sometimes they do, and you get shit like the BMS title, which doesn't mean shit. But this right here is something I would be totally behind, and I would love to see. I think the fans would want to see it. It would be exciting. I think the fighters would want to see it. But again, they I to get excited about this and even talk about it, I get hyped up. But then I remember who runs the UFC and anything that's not his idea, you know, is, it kind of gets scoffed at. This is one of them. Um, we'll see what happens. They're probably just going to take the Dustin Poirier Conor McGregor fight and make that make that for the vacant title to try to figure out a way to get Con get the belt back on Conor. But you know, it's it's neither here nor there. I hope Poirier wins that fight. But sad to say, that's just what MMA is like nowadays, specifically within the UFC. They don't try anything new. But we at MMA Ratings try new things. And with that, we will be bringing you a new episode next week. That's the end of our conversation for today. Like I said at the start of the show, you can catch us over at MMARatings.net where you can catch our written and audio content. Catch this podcast over at MMA Ratings Net on 
Instagram and Twitter. That's where we promote it. We are on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Apple iTunes, and SoundCloud. No, excuse me. Breaker is, is, is the fifth one. Me, I can be found at rgarcia underscore sports. Shawan can be found at Blackjord Breen. Check us out each and every week. This show comes out on Tuesdays. Our wrestling podcast comes out at the end of the week. I will be talking about uh, Hell in a Cell this past from this past Sunday and also this week's pro wrestling content. As always, thank you all for taking the time to check out our content. Please be sure to like, share, and subscribe, and we'll be back next week. Have a great week, and stay safe, everyone. Thank <laughs> you.